Well, good evening. It is good to be able to speak with you here tonight. And let me start off by saying how grateful I am to each of you uh, growing up here. It's really been a blessing. There's really not up here, too. Um, it's really been a blessing to, uh, I guess you've been a blessing to me, just each one of you have poured into my life, and I really am tremendously grateful for that. And um, you can turn your Bibles to Psalm 138. Um, but just, again, the, the ability to, to be here and to speak to you guys, and, and I pray that God would speak through me and, and to you, and, and that we all be blessed, but again, it's... I, I can't say enough how, how much you guys have meant to me. So we'll be here in Psalm 138, and if you'd stand with me, we'll read it together, and then pray and get into the message. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answeredst me, and strengthenest me with, the, with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, that they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly. But the proud he knoweth far off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Let's pray and we'll get into this passage. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day and for the opportunity we have to be here together and to worship you. Lord, I pray that we would come before you with hearts prepared to, to hear from you and, and that we would hear your word and, and be changed by it. And, and God, I pray that you'd be glorified and lifted up as we worship you and that we would see you again. Thank you to these, these faithful people and how blessed they are. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, really, what I'm looking at here tonight is the idea of our worship, our, our praise, and, and the way we come before God. You know, our, this song here deals with the way that David comes before God, his, his public and his private worship. And it's, it's, not a, it's not anything special, it's not a special song, in that it's not, there's no story given with it, I, I couldn't find any other context for it. It's just a simple glimpse into the heart of this man who was after God's own heart, and, and how David came before God. It's a psalm of David. Very, very simply, it's it, it's it's a praise to God, and it's how we praise God and why we praise God mm -hmm. a lot. Here we see we're we're here to edify one another. We're we as a as a church we're here to edify each other and to lift each other up. But as we and we we support each other, we all pour into each other. But all of that only comes when we're when we're plugged into God first, when that's our first priority. Um, we our, our purpose is to lift God up. You know, as a kid growing up here, we all knew this catechism: man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. It's to put no glory on ourselves. It's not to take anything for ourselves, but but to give over to God. 
We worship him because he loved because we loved him, and we loved him because he first loved us. And, and so in this psalm, we see how David worshiped. We 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 listen to him as as he prays this resolve to God. He 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 prays this to God, he brings it to, before God, but it's it's really resolve that he is he he has here. He resolves that he will praise God. He lifts up the name of God and does it in a very, very public way. He's not ashamed. And, and, and he, he's serving his God. As we look in, into this passage, we'll see that this, this is his outpouring before God. He's, he's, out, he's giving everything out. And, and he's doing it for a purpose, a very specific purpose. He, he wasn't doing the popular thing. Uh, we know he was king of Israel. But he was, he was king of a world that hates God. He was king of a small, stubborn, and rebellious people. He was, he was king in, in a land where, where nations attack nations because of their gods. It wasn't the popular thing for David to do, to lift up God. Uh, other nations sang songs about battle and songs about their gods, and, and each different god had his own different, different purpose. David here is singing uh, a king is writing this song about his true, his true love, his worship, mm -hmm. the, the one that he's dedicated his entire, the entirety of his life to. And, and we think about this, as we think about this together, let, we'll see how God, how David pours out this prayer and this psalm to God. And, and remember that these are the words of God spoken through David. This is how God wishes to be worshiped. Mm -hmm. David here is worshiping how God wishes to be worshiped, and we know that because it's recorded in God's Word. And so, first, we'll, we'll look at this tonight, really the, the simple idea of our worship to the only worthy one. So first off, we look at this and, and we see that our worship is to God with our whole heart. I, I look at that first, that first verse here and it says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. He starts off with a very firm resolve. I will praise thee. I will praise thee. There's, there's nothing that comes before that in this psalm. That's, that's the first thing for him to do. I'm going to praise, to praise you. Now the word for praise here is, is, is an interesting idea. The Jews, when we, we, when we think of them praying and, and we studying into what they do, they always were lifting up their hands. And you know we don't really practice that. We're not waving our hands or anything. But the idea here is, the idea of the praise is pushing away. The, the idea given in this word of praise is pushing away. And, and that's an interesting thought. As I, as I was looking at it, we aren't reserving anything for ourselves. When we praise God, it's all about him. It's pushing away any glory from ourselves. It's pushing it onto Christ. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's taking it and, and saying, I realize there's nothing in me. That's, that's, that's worthy. There's nothing in, in me that ought, it ought to be lifted up. So I'm, I'm pushing away from that glory and I'm, I'm giving it over to God because it's His. It belongs there. It ought to be there and it always ought to be there. Sometimes in our foolishness and in our forgetfulness, we, we try to take that glory and, that, and that, um, that praise back on ourselves. But, but David here resolves, I will praise thee. I'm not going to take this for myself. David, thinking about, about David here, he's a man that 
by any standard on, on earth here, ought to be praised and ought to have been lifted up. He was the mightiest of, of the mighty men. And you look at the stories of the mighty men of, of valor, uh, of David's time, and these men killing killing armies by themselves, you know, fighting fighting, and, and not dying against all odds. They, they, they were men who, who had more courage than, than any other man today. There's not, no, not even a comparison to what, to what they went through and what they did in their fighting and their courage to what we have now. The greatest man today can, can hardly compare to, the, to these mighty men. And David was the mightiest. As a young man, he killed a lion and a bear with his young hands, uh, with, his, with his bare hands. He, he killed a giant and then went on with his men to kill his other, to kill his brothers. He was a man who, who we would think deserves praise. Usually someone who delivers a nation gets praised. It, and and that's, that's a natural thing. But David here says, it's not me. I'm putting it on God. And, and, and he's very careful to start off with that. I will praise thee with my whole heart. And the idea of the whole heart there, as we, as we come into that, his whole heart, that's the, the heart there is the seat of the emotions, the seat of the, of the will and, and of the um, intentions and, and, and everything. It's, it's the focal point of our life. His, his emotions, his desires, his, his will, his drive, everything is poured out to praising God. David is saying, Nothing am I, I'm not holding anything back from you. I'm giving it all on you. This is how I'm going to praise you, and this is how we ought to praise God. We ought to, ought to lift him up. I will praise, praise thee with my whole heart. Everything given over to God. Nothing reserved for ourselves. And then, and then he goes on into he goes on into his method of worship. But the first thing, his method of worship comes second. First off, he, he, he focuses on his heart. And I think that that's something with, with us. This is a reminder for myself and for, for all of us as we come before God to put our hearts on that altar first. Our, the way we worship God is only correct if our heart is poured out to him first, if our heart is given to him. If our heart is not given to God, I, I, I think we know this, but I, I know for myself, knowledge and, and application can be very, very much separated. But, but he, he makes a point, first thing, first things first, put, put your heart on the altar. Give your, give your heart over to God and, and, and don't hold back everything. I will praise you with my whole heart. Next in the passage, if you're not doing it God's way, you're incorrect, but that heart has to be there. God says that he's not pleased unless it is there. So, so I think that the, the first part of this challenge is to make sure that before we ever come into worship, and before we ever come before God, that our heart is in the right place. The actions follow as a result of that. It, but if we're going to worship God truly, let us put our hearts out, out let us give our hearts to God first. Uh, William Wilberforce continues on to say that um, true sincerity is to have an honesty of mind, faithful use of the means of knowledge, and improvement of desire of being instructed. Humble inquiry, impartial consideration, and unprejudiced judgment. What he's saying here is you set everything else aside before you come before God in sincerity. You have a whole heart given to him, but you look at what his word says. 
It's not enough to come before him and say, oh man, my heart's poured out. I'm just going to do what I feel like I'm going to do. No, God lays it out for us in his word. So, so we must follow it with our whole hearts. So that as we continue on, the second part is, we look at how David says he will praise the Lord. How he will, how he will, he will exalt God. First off, he says, before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. Before the gods. Now, he's not saying, before I go and worship the other gods, I'm going to worship you. He's not, he, he's not saying something like that. He's saying, the idea behind the word before is the, the most, uh, most important thing. I seem to look at it real quick. He says, it's, it's as opposed to. It's an opposition to those gods. So instead of worshiping those other gods, or worshiping really the idea of gods there isn't just idols and other things like that. It's it's those who are above us. It's the idea given. David talks about the gods uh, multiple times throughout Psalms. And the idea he's giving is those who are set above us, whether we worship them or not, those, those who are above us. Instead of, as the world does, going and giving homage to them, but instead of instead of putting them as first importance, he says, opposed to that, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to sing my praise before thee. And just to, to be like Dad, I'm going to point out some of the words here. Um, we see in that verse two times the word praise, and they, they mean completely different things. Praise, the first time I talked about that, that pushing away and that, that putting all that attention on God. The second word for praise there is sing with accompaniment. Mm -hmm. So to sing while someone else is playing an instrument. Or, or to play an instrument yourself. So he says, I'm going to sing praise unto you. I'm going to lift my, my voice to you. I'm going to do that public act of worship. As opposed to the other things of, of living for them. And I think that this, this flows with the, the, the whole context of the Bible, of course. That the first thing is the kingdom of God. These other, these other things, God has set up these authorities. I, looking at other psalms, we know that God has established these God's. God has put, put men in authority over us. But the first thing we're seeking, above all other things, those other things are not to be worshipped, they're, they're to be followed. But the first thing is to worship God and, and, and to praise Him, to lift Him up. He says, he says it, it's going to be God alone. There's no one else that's worthy. There's no one else that could, could take it. There's no one else. And then he says, it's going to be how God desires it. He says, I will worship towards thy holy temple. Now, as I thought, think about this, sometimes you run across David saying, I'm going to worship towards your holy temple. And then you think, wait a second, the temple wasn't built yet. He's not saying that the Solomon's temple. He's saying that the word for temple there is the idea of the, the space for worship, the, the place where, where the men, where, where the people come together to worship God. He says, I'm going to worship towards that or in that way. And the way we're supposed to. You see, it, it goes along with that whole idea. The heart has to be there, but the instructions of God on how to worship have to be there as well. You can't come to God and offer your own sacrifice. Abel tried that, and, and, and we know how that went. But when we come to God, it's with our, our heart given over to him in humility, worshiping how he desires to be worshipped, worshiping how he says he's going to be worshipped. He's not going to accept anything else. 
So he wants us to pour out our hearts in the way he, he has for us. And he's, he's going to be there. He says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. He, he's, he's pouring this out to God. God has been loving, in his loving kindness has, has come to him. And truth, God is above all. God has, has given us far beyond what we deserve. And, and we know in David's life, you look at him, and you see God's hand of blessing on him over and over again. God has been true to his word. And, and he says, I'm going to praise you for that. God's mercies were truly new to David every day. And, and, and God never failed his word then, and he will not fail his word now. But, but you see, he's, he's, he's giving that worship for, to God for a purpose. We don't, we don't serve a, a, for a meaningless thing. We, we serve God because, because he's, he saved us. Yes. He is our redeemer. He, we love him only because he, he's, he's brought us to him. He loved us first, and, and that enabled us to love him. But we ought to love him. With all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our soul, our strength, everything we have, mm -hmm. given over to God yes, in His way. We, we don't worship an empty God. We don't worship a dead religion. We're not part of some, some throw-off thing. We, we are worshiping the God of eternity. And it's a very serious thing, but it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. That, that idea of our praise, our coming before Him, we, we lift Him up. But it's a joyful thing for he has saved us. He's redeemed us. And that's what David's talking about here. And as we look at this, it's really, that's, that's how we praise, or why we praise God a lot is, 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 is for that purpose. And then we see that continuing on in verse 3. Why David praises the Lord. Why David praises the Lord. He says, in the day that I cried, Thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. David, we know, we know him as, as the psalmist of, of Israel. He wrote all these psalms, these beautiful creations. But, he, but we know going through his life that he was often discouraged. He often had these hardships, as anyone would if, if you're being chased to the desert, someone looking for your life. If, if you've gone through, if, if, you, if I had gone through half the things that David had ever gone through, I would be discouraged. I get discouraged sometimes with the small problems that come into my life. But, but he says, in those times when I cried to you, you answered. You, you came. You were faithful. Again, that idea of God's truth, God's faithfulness. God didn't leave him hanging. God didn't forsake him. But, but he came to him. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength of my soul. Listen today, God is our strength. As we cry unto him as, as true believers in him, we need to cry to him and call to him. He wants to hear us, and he wants, he, he's going to help us, but he, he wants us to lift up our voices, and we see that later on in the, in the passage. We'll get there eventually. But again, we worship him because, not because of anything of our own, we praise him again, not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done. Mm -hmm. And all the glory is put on him over and over again through this psalm. 
it's just an, an encouragement to me to see this, that even, I, I feel my weakness and I, I see the troubles and trials and, and everything I have, but it's not about me. It, it's about it's about God and putting all that on God. He's He's already taken care of it. He's already borne our, our, our troubles. He's already taken care of it. So my, my prayer is that I, I would always give give that over to God. Why would I carry that on myself or try to? I know that, that that's just a failure. That's just going to, to make me fall even, even more and harder. But but we can put that, that on God. He's going to lift us up, strengthen us, he, and, and answer us. He's not, whether it be in the way we expect or not, he's going to hear our cry. He's already mm-hmm. solved the problem. So, so why not, why would I hold on to that and, and keep that, that pent up in me, that, that weight and that, and that trouble? Why would I keep that instead of handing it over to the one who's already taken care of it? That, that is, is, is why David's praising the Lord. And, and so the fourth part here is we look at how, at the um, extent of David's praise to the Lord. You see that in verses 4 and 5, the extent of, the, of, of his worship and praise. We see um, his, his praise of God is so great that even the kings around him can't help but see it. I, I, I look at these verses, and, and it's kind of an interesting thought. very simple, but, but very profound at the same time. He says, All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. These kings that were around him, were mighty kings in their own way. Right? You think of the, the kings of Egypt, the kings of, of, of Babylon that would be rising soon, and Assyria, and all these different kingdoms around him, the Philistines, these, these different men were mighty men who wanted to take his life, wanted to take his kingdom. You know, I think we, we know this or, or we've heard this, but Israel was a very much desired area because of its access to the rest of the world. But but these kings who, who would desire to, to slay David, to, to take his kingdom, when they hear of how great and glorious God is, they're going to praise him. There's, they, it's that same word that we saw the very first praise. They're going to say, God is all glorious. Because he is. It's, it's an undeniable truth. But David here, he's, he's saying when they, when they hear about this, they're, they're, they're going to praise the Lord. When they hear the words of thy mouth, God is, is true and just in his judgment. God is, God is perfect. He is the, the example. He is the king of kings. The example that all kings should look to, ought to look to, in a way, all of them emulate him to an extent. All of them are, are put in place by him, and all of them will be removed by him and have been. They, they, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. It's an undeniable fact. A lot of times we get so caught up in what we're doing day to day that we forget to look at this, but it's important. This is, this is a truth that makes kings sing to God. God is great and glorious. Is he that in, our, in my life, in, in, in our life? Do we see him as that? Do we lift him up above all other things and say, God, you're, 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 you're glorious. Great is the glory of the Lord. This is Jehovah. 
the, the, this, is, this is the God of, of Israel, the God of, of, of creation, the one who made everything. The, the, I always look outside. Since I was a, a little kid in school, I always get distracted and look out the windows. I'm very easily distracted sometimes. But I look around, and I love being up in the mountains, and, and you see these different things. What God has created, this is just a small part. What we can see is the smallest part of his creation. And, and how beautiful and wonderful is it? And that's just a small part of God's glory. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Think about it. Let it let it sink in. Great is the glory of the Lord. That's what, what makes these, these people sing, these kings of the earth sing. And this is what David is singing about, how great God is. He is worthy. He is worthy. We've been looking at Revelation, right? That's the whole... the, the the theme of, of what the angels are singing, thou art worthy. Thou art worthy. There's none else. None of us are worthy of any praise, any exaltation, but we, in, in, our, in our sinful nature, we try to take that on ourselves, but as I look at the, this, this passage, it's, it's truly convicting. I, I am nothing. Mm-hmm. Even if I were to compare myself with David, I'm nothing, but David's not the example. David's not pointing at himself. He's pointing at God. If I set myself next to God and try to lift myself up, it's truly foolishness. So think about that. Great is the glory of the Lord. He, he, is, he is high. We see this in the next verse as we go into it. Though he be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, for the proud he knoweth far off. We see this at almost a, a, a response to true praise and worship on a, on a general scale and a specific scale. You see this, though the Lord is high, we just looked at this and seen where God is and, 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 and his, his wonderful glory. And you think about that, and, and Dad's talked about many times the, the planetarium and, and all that, and the things that we see, and how small we really are in comparison to even the next star or the next planet. How, how insignificant we are, but God takes, he, he takes each one of us, and he cares for us, the humble, those who see themselves as they truly are, God come, God is, is with them, he, he has respect to them, he comes to them. How often we lift ourselves up, I lift myself up above my my brothers and sisters and, and, and you here or, or other people elsewhere. I lift myself up in pride for whatever reason. The smallest reason to enact to maybe something that most people would see as an actual reason. But God is high. He is exalted. He's lifted up. But he still has respect to the humble. That's an attitude that he, he, he loves to see. Because he is all he, he is all perfect. We are not, but it, it, it's such an amazing fact that he would think on us. What is man that thou thinkest on him? What what are we? But God does. God God comes to us and, and he's with us. So uh, through this verse I see don't Lift yourself up. Don't be lifted up in pride. Uh, 
a lot of this is, is setting that, that idea in opposition. We're going to either you're going to praise God or you're going to praise yourself. Either you're going to lift God up or you're going to lift yourself up. Either you lift God or poor God. There's, there's this idea through, through the Bible of that it's very s simple. There's, there's two options. It's either God or self. God or <coughs> or, or my way. Mm -hmm. So as we look at this here, remember that as we worship God, as we come before him, as we praise him, it's not about ourselves. Again, I, I can't overstress this fact. This is, this is truth. We either lift God up or we lift ourselves up. And too often, I'm lifting myself up. Even as I come to God, even as I open his word, I still find myself lifting myself up. But really to take and, and make sure that we've, we've poured out our heart to God. That's, that's the important part here. In verse 7, he, we see the specific that comes down right to David's case. And, and here he says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thy, thy hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. God, God here is, is with David. He's in trouble. He's in tribulation. He, he has problems. But God has promised never to leave him. God has promised him that he would be with him. And he is. God is true. Again, God's been proved faithful. As we think about that, as we come before God, he's faithful. He's worthy of praise for that. He's true. Always. When, when I cry to God, when I come before him, he hears me. He delivers me from my trouble. Now, because I, I am a man and I have a very limited perspective, sometimes I, I, I want to see a particular way that I only see one way that it could happen. And, and we know this, I think we all know this, but again, knowledge and application can be difficult and different. But, but God is going to deliver us in his way, in his time, not in our, according to our expectations, but according to his, but he promises that he's going to do it. That's firm. That's that's known. It's not known what way he's going to take. But listen, he's he is promised to deliver you. So so as we look at that, that's that's almost a, a way of, of God's response to to our worship. As we as we come to him, when we've given over to him, he promises to be with us. And so then we see a prayer uh, as, as David closes his psalm. We see a prayer of true praise and worship in verse 8. And, and here David says, he says, The Lord will perfect that which, which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. David has complete confidence. Through all his troubles, God's been with him. He's going to perfect. The idea behind the word perfect there is bring to an end. He's going to accomplish what he started. Those things that concern David, those things that are right up against him, is the idea there. Um, the, the, his immediate problems, the problems that are going to happen in his life. God has a plan. God has a purpose for David, we see here. And he has a plan for each one of us. David here, he's, he says, he has complete confidence. He says, 
the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. It's going to happen. Listen, as a, as, a, as a Christian, sometimes I get discouraged. I don't see the end. I like to see what's going to happen. I think that's, that's a natural thing to humans. We want to know what's going to happen next. I think most of us, we like to know. Not many people just are completely happy to have no idea what's going on. Um, some people are, but that's not, that's not the average. Most men want to know, but, but David says, the Lord will perfect. It's in the Lord's hands. It's God's will. It's, it's God's plan. It's his, it's his, it's his earth. His, I'm living for him. I'm, I'm, I know that he promised me this, for David, the perpetual kingdom. He, he's promised me these things for us Christians. We know we're promised that eternal life. We know we have the victory. Christ has won that. That's not a question. And as we, as we worship God, are we content? Are we happy to just put our trust in that? Not to try and figure out what all the different details look like. Because if you start worrying about all those details, I, I know this even in, in the short time I've had, if you start just obsessing about those details, you're going to get really disturbed, really, really upset, uptight, and, and discouraged even because you can't see. But remember, as we come to God, it's His. Our, our troubles, our problems, our, our, our triumphs, every part of our life, our heart, our, our emotions, everything we feel, everything we think, our, our will, our determination and drive is given to God. It's, 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 it's in God's hands. He's going to perfect that. He says, um, he has complete trust in us. Why? Because God's mercy is forever. It will not fail. And never. It, it, it never will fail. He says, thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. It is forever. I, think about that, because that's, that's our only hope, is that God's, God's mercy would not fail. As, I, as I've thought about this and, and the eternal nature of God, if, if God's mercy was going to fail, God being an eternal God, we wouldn't even, I don't think, even be here. It's, it's not like sometime in the future his, his, thing, his plan's going to fail. Not at some point down the road it, it might fail, so I need to have my own backup plan. It, God being eternal, he's seen everything. He's done, he's done everything for us in this, in this way. If he was going to fail us, it would have already happened in that way. He's going, we can put our complete trust and dependency on him. And, and I, as I look at this, it's something that comes up over and over and over again in my life. And it's, it's something I have to continually put, put back on God. He's not going to fail. He's, he's never going to fail, but his mercies are forever. And so then David, here he closes with a very simple prayer. A very simple prayer. He says, forsake not the works of thine own hands. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. And it's interesting to me, we've been learning about this in, in uh, that study on prayer. Kind of, kind of those ideas, those promises have been given, 
David knows his promises. He, he's gone through this entire psalm and, and talked about God's promises and God how he's been true and how he's never going to fail. But then David here closes with a prayer, forsake not the works of thine own hands. The same idea, God wants us to pray to him and ask him for these things. God desires that we come before him. It's, it's not just enough as we go in our life to say, oh yeah, I know, I know that he's got it. But God wants that personal relationship with us. Mm-hmm. This, this life, this, this walk with Christ is just that. It's, it's life with Christ. It's, it's, it's again that, that entire whole heart poured out before God. And, and he says, forsake not the works of thine own hands. God, you've done all this. You've done this. I've seen your work in, in the past. I've seen what you've done in the past. Continue to do it. I know you're going to. But God, please continue to. I, as, as he came, as, as David, I, I see, comes before God, he's asking him again. Continue to be with me. So again, we see this, the theme of this, of this psalm. It's lifting God up. To, to have true praise, true worship of God, is really a, a, a simple thing, I guess. But it's, but it has to be applied in our life, in our daily walk, day by day as we come before Him. God, You're worthy. It's not me. It's not my works. David didn't deliver himself from the from the um, claws and, 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 and teeth of the lion and bear. David didn't deliver himself from the Philistine. David didn't deliver himself from Saul. He didn't deliver himself from the Philistines. He didn't deliver himself from anything. And he never, he doesn't claim that. He, it, it wasn't by his might. It wasn't by his power that he was saved. It wasn't by his might that he came to the throne. It wasn't anything that David had done that he was exalted and lifted up and, and, and had the, the unique honor of, of, of being the patriarch, almost in a way, of the line of Christ. Christ was called the son of David. That that wasn't David's place. That wasn't because of anything he had done. But it was all because of God. And and listen today, as as we as we as we come before God in, in our public worship and our private worship, here at church and at home as we study, at home or, or wherever we happen to be, as we worship God day by day. We, re- we need to remember this. I need to remember this. And this is a constant, it, this has to be always at the forefront of our mind. God, you're worthy. It's not me. It's you. Today is your day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Even the day we live in is, has nothing to do with us. It's all God's. All these things are God's. And, and really, this is just a very simple challenge, I guess. This has been a challenge to myself and, and a challenge for you each day to remember who we really are and to think on our lowest state but also to think that Christ has saved us from that though he is high he's he's come down and and he has respected the humble he's heard our cry he's lifted us up if you've trusted in Jesus Christ today then you know that's true that is a promise 100% given to you and he prayed 
here, he has that relationship with God. He's come before him. He says, forsake not the works of thine own hands. And so, in, in brief closing, we see just a simple, simple thought. May God be exalted. May we be humble before him. Christ alone be lifted up. Worship him. As we worship him, we worship with our whole heart as he desires us to. Not in our way, not following my own emotions, my own desires. It's not about us. It's about Christ. We worship how he would have us worship. It's about God. And, and pouring out with our whole heart, we worship as he would be worshiped. So then as we come before him, let us be humble and walk before the only worthy one. This is our worship. This is the way we come before him. This is our duty as a, as a Christian to, to, to worship him with that pure heart, given over to him. Everything else comes from that. But if we see ourselves in the wrong light, if we're lifting up ourselves and are not determined to praise God, then the rest of our worship is, is out of line. And, and, and in fact, God says that he's displeased by that. So really, the whole part of this challenge is to give your heart to God, to praise him and worship him as he ought to be worshipped, as he says he's going to be worshipped, and, and, and give that over to him in our daily walk. Praise him with our whole heart.